Welcome back to the Surish Podcast. Today we are jumping back into the stories of Guru Hargobind in his third battle. So in the previous episode related to the battle, I covered the duel between Guru Hargobind and Kapalbeg. So here Guru Hargobind is able to suppress, both of them have um, a sword and a shield. So Guru Hargobind is able to suppress Kapalbeg's left shield hand, create an opening such that he can cut down um, and he cuts Kalabeg's shoulder from the left shoulder down to the right hip, splits him in two there. And that's where chapter 50 now starts off with the Mughal side seeing this and they all take a step back then. They kind of retreat a little bit, thinking of themselves as a little bit helpless. Like this Kalabeg was renowned for his swordsmanship, for how quick he was, uh, for how strong he was, and seeing that Guru Hargobind split him in two there they were kind of feeling a little helpless here. It says that they were feeling helpless like, you know, how a businessman in a, in a deep forest uh, would feel when, he get, when he's getting robbed there. You know, that's not his territory. You know, he's not a soldier. They can't, he can't really do anything at that point. So Lala Beg, the main general, the main commander of the Mughal forces, sees this and he's looking at Guru Hargobind like Guru Hargobind is, you know, the form of death himself on the battlefield, just taking everybody out. That's how good of warrior he is. So Gobble, uh, sorry, Lullabeg then starts to starts to cry out and you know is like extreme anxiety, he doesn't know what to do here. He's thinking that Gobblebeg, his nephew, you know, victory was on his shoulders, you know, he relied upon Gobblebeg, uh, but now he's gone. Um, you know, who's gonna stand up to the Guru's forces now? Um, basically Lullabeg was extremely distraught at this point. His younger brother, named Kambarubeg, is beside him as well. Also a renowned warrior, um, a general. He had his own forces. He says to his older brother, says, don't have anxiety now, you know, this is what happens in the battlefield. What you should do is just retreat a little bit, stand back, and let me take command of the forces and let me jump, jump in. I'll go and butcher them. So he takes his 500 warriors, you know, the drums, the battle drums sound off and he now rides in and now firing begins on both sides of the battlefield. So on the other side of the battlefield, Guru Hargobind, he's now, like I mentioned in the previous episode of the battle, he's bleeding from his left hand, his left uh, arm. And that blood is now covered basically his entire, his entire white uh, attire that he's wearing. So Jodhrai rides up to Guru Hargobind and both of them get off their horses. Jodhrai then proceeds to um, bind up, takes a bit of cloth and ties up uh, Guru Hargobind's wound. So Guru Hargobind then jumps back on his horse, not really caring about the wound. He wants to jump back in. But Jodhrai, you know, clasps his hands together. He asks very humbly that, all right, you step back now. Let me lead the forces. Give me permission now to jump in. Guru Hargobind agrees to this while asking the messenger who was also nearby, Hassan Khan, who used to be on the Mughal forces, who changed forces. We talked about this in a previous episode. Hassan Khan then says, oh, the general who's leading this army coming in now, this is Gamburbeg. He is Lala Beg's younger brother. You know, and he, he looks pretty pissed here and he's uh, warning um, Guru Hargobind, not warning, saying that uh, just that uh, uh, Beg looks extremely angry, but you know, he's not gonna fare any better. So Guru Hargobind gives permission to Jodhrai, gives him a blessing saying that, you know, you're an excellent warrior. 
uh, go in there and tear it up, basically. So Jodrai's, you know, extremely happy. He's pumped up about this blessing. He takes some forces from the Guru's side as well. And now they ride in. So bullets are sounding off on each side. You know, the battle drums are going off. Now a bunch of soldiers, hundreds of soldiers now are falling down on each side as they're, as they're, as they're getting shot down, as their horses are getting shot down. So both Jodrai and Gamburbeg, they ride off very quickly with their horses and they begin, uh, both sides face each other. Um, it describes uh, Jodrai's horse moving around the battlefield like it's dancing in such an agile way, avoiding some of the bullets. But eventually, um, as the archers are shooting their arrows, um, it talks about how Jodrai's horse gets hit. Before it gets hit, it talks about Jodhrai actually sending out a shower shower of arrows. So, it Jodhrai was known to be an excellent uh, marksman, an archer, and as he's riding in, he's just pounding these arrows out and just knocking down the Mughal warriors. But at that time, they had uh, they had said for um, sorry, Kambur Bay had ordered. A, a hail, a volley of, of uh, bullets toward Jodhrai. So this is happening and Jodhrai was extremely pissed off at seeing the amount of six that were getting shot down by this the volley of bullets that were coming down on the six. So he actually picks up this metal, um, it's called a song. A song is a full metal spear. So, you know, the bottom handles metal and also the blade is metal. And he is determined now to just go after Company Bay, the, the general leading the forces. So he's yelling out um, at Company Bay saying, hey, stand, stand still there. And uh, he rides up. It speaks about how Company Bay is armed with a very fine, expensive um, Falad sword. So a Damascus, a Woods sword. And um, Jodhrai riding up has this very long spear though so he has the advantage here so he strikes down and as Jodhrai is riding up he strikes down and, and pierces Kambarbeg and the spear goes straight through Kambarbeg and uh, Kambarbeg falls off his horse Jodhrai gets off his horse puts his foot on Kambarbeg's chest and pulls out this very long spear and the text says that it's basically like Jodhrai is holding this massive red snake because uh, the spirit now is just dripping with blood and Kambarbeg's body is, you know, just drenched with blood as well. So all the Mughals saw this, how Jodhrai had killed their commander Kambarbeg and were furious and they directed even more so bullets at uh, Jodhrai as he mounts his horse. So Jodhrai, as he's mounting his horse, um, his horse gets struck. Now it gets struck right in the, between the eyes here with a bullet. And as this hail of volley now is, is um, of these bullets are, are coming towards Jodhrai and hits one of his horses. The text also talks about how um, some of the Mughal forces at this point have already started to retreat, seeing that their commander had been struck down. So. On the other side, Guru Hargobind is watching this and he's extremely pleased that Jodhrai was able to take out their commander so quickly. But he was worried that uh, Jodhrai now is without a horse. And 
even though Jodra is without a horse, it mentions that Jodra didn't take one step back. Like he didn't jump off his horse and just run back. He continued the battle from where he was standing. So Guru Hargobin standing there with Hassan Khan, some other servants as well, uh, attendants. And where Guru Hargobin standing is basically where the duel happened. So Gobblebeg, the soldier who was killed in that duel his horse is standing there as well and i mentioned in the previous episode how amazing gobblebeg's horse was so guru sent one of his attendants to take that horse and give it to jodrai to supply him with another horse so he can continue on with the battle and so that servant takes the horse jodrai jumps on the horse you know as he's jumping on the horse he looks back he does a salutation to guru Hargobind, thanking him for giving him this horse letting him continue on with the battle and it mentions that during this battle, a lot of horses were getting shot down of the six. But at the same time, the six were being um, much more careful with their shots and knocking down the Mughal sword, uh, soldiers from their horses. So it talks about how these horses from the Mughal side are just running around the battlefield and some of the six then would, would uh, jump on the enemy's horses and continue on the fight that way. So as this battle is happening, Lullabeg then sees his younger brother um, just dead on the floor. And now he's just an extreme distraught. He's crying out, he's yelling out, saying, you know, my younger brother who I lived my whole life with, who I fought so many battles with, you know, who's gonna, who has basically been on my right hand side my entire life, you know, now he's gone from this world. Who's gonna give me advice? Um, in the battlefield because Gumbarbeg was the one giving most of the strategy, the direction, the tactics to the battle. So he's looking at this battlefield, Lalabeg, the main general, and he's crying out. He's extremely, you know, uh, fearful now. He doesn't know what to do. And his sons are actually standing right beside him. So Gossambeg is the old, uh, eldest son and Shamshabeg, Shamsbeg is the younger one. So the elder Gossambeg is saying, you know, father, don't uh, don't act like this now. We're in battle now. Um, you know, basically, do you not remember um, the oath that we all pledged in the court of Shah Jahan? And uh, he's basically telling his dad to man up here. And he's saying the Shah Jahan, you know, who treated us so well, well, he made us generals, he made us commanders. There's soldiers who work for us. You know, Shah Jahan nurtured us, you know, gave us lofty positions. This is all from Shah Jahan's grace, you know. And we were sent here with a task to return his horses back to Lahore. We cannot, uh, we cannot be iffy on this now. It's either we go out there and we give our life, or we take these horses, we kill the Guru, or we capture him and we bring these horses back. So we are indebted to Shah Jahan here. There's no going back from this now. We either ride up, or we just we give our life here. You know, this is the way of the warrior. Gossambeg is telling his father. And Lullabeg then uh, hears this and says, okay, you're right. You know, either we die here or we kill all of them. So he is now drying his tears, <laughs> it says in the text. And he get, he pulls himself together here. He picks up his bow and other, west, uh, other weapons. But uh, Gossambeg, his eldest son says, listen, Dad, why don't you stay back a little bit? Let us, uh, your two sons, lead these forces. Um, and you watch from afar, basically. So Lala Beg, you know, uh, 
almost in a cowardly way says, okay, let's do this. So the brothers set off now. And the brothers are in, you know, imbued with this warrior spirit. They're quite brave, it talks about. Um, they, didn't, they didn't even uh, care too much. They didn't count the forces of the six. They just rode in with a lot of bravery, um, you know, and uh, bringing in the forces of the Mughals together again. You know, encouraging all of them to fight, to continue the fight. So they're shooting off arrows. It talks about both of them having a bow and arrow. And, you know, wherever they would see, you know, large gatherings of, of the Sikh warriors all clumped together, they would shoot out their um, arrows and knock a lot of them down. Um, and in this way, it talks about, you know, how a very vicious battle is uh, occurring right now. And they were quite successful, actually, Qasim Big and Shams Big in pushing back the Sikh forces, killing a lot of them, actually, while yelling out their battle cries. So they were on the back foot initially, the Mughal forces, but because of Qasim Big and Shams Big, um, their bravery and their ability to, um, you know, round up their own forces again and then lead them in again, um, they were quite successful here. So uh, the text talks about, you know, during this crazy battle, um, from the heavens, these Apasra or Apachra, these heavenly nymphs were, were watching the battle and uh, preparing themselves, you know, putting sandalwood scent on themselves and watching down at the brave warriors who were, who were dying, you know, in the heat of battle. Um, because, you know, as these warriors were dying, they would come down and, and carry them up, these warriors, uh, up into heaven uh, to marry them. So both of these forces now are just, you know, uh, in a pitched battle, giving uh, very stiff uh, resistance to each other. And, you know, they're so tight now, these forces, that uh, they pulled out their swords and shields and they're cutting e each other's hands, you know, arms, shoulders are off, heads are over there. Bidijan saw this brutal battle take place and, and uh, Bidijan was actually near Guru Hargobind. So he goes up to Guru Hargobind and then asks, he says, you know, why have you not given me permission yet to ride in? You know, let me go in, let me take the battle and I'll go and I'll rip them apart, basically. So Guru Hargobind is really pleased with, you know, uh, Bidichan's enthusiasm. And Guru Hargobind says, okay, take this Brahmin Malakjati as well with you and go kill their leader, Qasim uh, Beg now. There's only a few left, um, so make sure you protect yourself, but go in and kill Qasim Beg. So Bidichan agrees with this, takes, uh, you know, takes Guru's uh, permission and blessing, takes Malakjati as well. And it talks about how they charge in now, basically like a hungry hawk swooping down on a small bird. You know, Bidichand is, is just fuming. He's imbued with this warrior spirit and he's launching off arrows as he's as he's riding in. It also mentions uh, Pai Jetha as well, a long-standing Sikh of Guru Hargobind, uh, joins them as well. So there's actually three of them leading some forces. And they begin to now carve a section out of the Mughal forces. Um, the Mughals could not resist uh, their advance here. Um, so Qasim Beg sees Bidichand and how successful th that regiment is in carving out some forces. So Qasim Beg goes now uh, towards Bidichand to suppress him. There was a young Sikh of, uh, of uh, Guru Hargobind who would actually always stand near Guru Hargobind. His name was Lakhu. And Lakhu's job basically was to be an attendant to the Guru in battle. So he would carry this very heavy spear. 
And if uh, Guru Hargobind needed the spear at any point, he would ask Laku, okay, pass that over. And uh, Guru Hargobind then would then use that spear. So he saw Kasambig riding up on Bidijan, and Bidijan maybe not being aware of where Kasambig was, but Laku was a little bit worried. So he asked permission from Guru Hargobind that, you know, let me go in. Um, and I see Kasambig riding towards Bidijan, let me take him down quick. So Laku then goes in. Uh, takes this big spear, thrusts it at Gossambig. Gossambig has this really fancy sword with him as well. And he tries to parry that strike with that spear. But in parrying it, uh, the sword broke. Now, Gossambig's pretty pissed off. But quickly then, Laku pulls back the spear again and then strikes it, thrusts it down, and pierces Gossambig. And um, Gossambig just falls down on the ground. Guru Hargobind is watching over from the side and saying, Bravo, bravo, Laku. Laku's last name is Heir, it mentions. So Majat uh, clan. And uh, so Laku Heir uh, is able to, you know, kill Gossambig. Guru Hargobind is extremely pleased and yelling out from the side, like, Oh, amazing, great job. And he's basically, and then he says, you know, All right, this is it. Judgment Day has now come down for these Mughals. Basically, you know, this is their this is their end here. And uh, the text then mentions how other regiments of the six were doing such a great job as well. There was one Nand, uh, Sangira, also from a Jat uh, clan, and uh, Mahoru Randava as well, and Kripal Jallu. All these main six of the Guru were just like ripping it up and carving out now the Mughal forces, putting them on their back foot here. And many of the Mughals then begin to retreat. And that's where this chapter ends. Actually, we have gone up to chapter 51. And in the next chapter, 52, we will discuss how Pai Jetha, this long-standing Sikh of the Guru who, who went in with Bidichan and Malak Jati, how he ends up having a battle with, with Shamsh Beg. So Shamsh Beg is Lalla Beg's youngest son and Qasim Beg's younger brother. So that's what we'll pick up next time. So we'll see you then.